Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. If you've just listened to the episode 10 recap edition, then you'll now know the tragic fate of traitor Nigel. Yes, he was shockingly turned on by the faithful and fellow traitor Alex and banished from the game. And if you've been listening to the other episodes before that, you'll know what's coming now. Yes, I connected with Nigel in Australia to interview him all about his time on the show and to play our podcast game, The Trader Traitor. Let's go ahead and hear from the man himself. My super special guest for this episode of The Trader is the last of the OG traitors to be banished, Nigel Brennan. Nigel made it all the way to episode 10 of the show before being stabbed in the back and banished pretty suddenly from the game. Nigel, how are you doing today? Matt, I'm really well and um, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, it's, um, it's nice to talk to you today. Oh, brilliant. No, it's, it's great to have you on to the podcast to talk about your experience. Thank you so much. Does it feel strange to be answering questions on something you filmed, I guess, a, about a year ago? You know, are there parts you've forgotten? Is it is it weird to still be talking about this stuff? Uh, no, look, it was, it was such a 
experience and I guess when I meet people who don't know that I've been on reality TV show and obviously I've got a fairly checkered past with with um, some of my life experiences and even just recently I, I play uh, tennis with a group of mates in in uh, the south of Tasmania and I was wearing my red tracksuit pants and they're like they're nice and I was like yeah I got them on a reality <laughs> TV show and they were like what haven't you done it's just like <laughs> um but no, look, um, you know, it was it was such a fun experience to be involved in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, reality TV, people say, can be a fairly murky world, but for me, The Traders was was such a fun thing to do. Oh, excellent. And I'm glad the famous red tracks is still being put to use. Uh, <laughs> before we go any further and I ask you all these questions I have, I'm going to introduce you to our game we play on the podcast, which is called The Trader Traitor. Our secret mission for the rest of the interview is to try to betray one another by telling an undetected lie. You can tell me something about the show, about yourself, anything else that is a complete fabrication. However, your lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying you particularly loved another contestant when actually you secretly hated them. So we're looking for fake facts. Uh, Nigel, does this sound okay? That sounds fabulous to me. Okay, excellent. Our game of the Trader Traitor begins now then. So, uh, firstly, how did you find out about the Traitors? How did you get involved? It was actually a friend of mine who I was working with um, uh, at the university who sent me the link to, obviously, the, the casting. And um, uh, I had been approached to do Survivor, Australia Survivor, Um about 12 months previous and I couldn't do it because I just um our second son had just been born and um actually contacted um Endemol and and well they they sort of uh rang me and said oh look there's obviously we, we know you're desperate to do the Survivor but we've got this um series one coming out of a new show we can't really tell you much about it um uh, we'd like to send you some information and see if you're interested. Um, and if you are, then obviously, you know, just fill out, fill out some forms for us and, um, looked at it and thought about it. And, and just from my perspective, obviously being part of a first series was um, going to be fun because there was no expectation, I guess, yes. you know, you go into another reality TV show that you've watched and studied. It's like, you sort of know what you've got to do. Whereas this was complete sort of clean sheet, which, um, made it super fun. Yeah. And it, it seemed, I think that, that that came across on TV that it was something new and you all understood, you seemed to understand all that, that it was a game, you know, in different versions of the traitors across the world. It can, it seems like it's very difficult sometimes for contestants to separate the game from personal relationships. How, how did you find that? How easy was it to separate the fact that it was a game from the friendships that you were making? Uh... Well, look, from my perspective, going into it, it was just like, um, I was pretty hard. And I was just like, I'm not going there to make friends. I'm going there to win money. Like that was my sole purpose. But I think when you spend, you know, nearly four weeks together, um, because I was almost there for the, for the entire four weeks of the filming, um, you do build relationships. But but I guess at the back of my head too, it was like, this is just a game. Like, yes, there's a large sum of money on the table, um, but if I don't win, like I'm not going to throw, you know, I'm not going to have a tanty. Um, <laughs> uh, 
but by that stage, I had really made some uh, quite deep relationships with with people in the game. Yeah, and uh, are you are you still in touch with people from the show? Yeah, absolutely. Um, have had uh, a couple of drinks in Melbourne, caught up with the crew. Um, so caught up with Lewis and Dirk. Uh, um, just trying to think who else was there. I've obviously caught up with Craig, um, spoken to Marielle, like uh, I've kept in contact with with Marielle, um, uh, Claire as well. So we've got we've still got a chat group, which um, we um, you know group chat group a group chat group that we. Um, <laughs> that we sort of send information out to one another and that sort of stuff. So it's it's nice. Yeah, that's great to hear. Now, one of the first things I thought about when I started watching The Traitors Australia, and other people have asked me about this too, was the fact that you were potentially recognisable. So what, what was your game plan if other people had known who you were? That's a good question because I don't actually know what I would have done because <laughs> when when they obviously did, um, I guess, my backstory, and for me it was I didn't want people to know, well, it was more more know about the work that I do around extortion response and obviously, um, you know, you, you've got to be at the top of your game with negotiation and persuasion and those sorts of things. Um, so I guess if someone had recognised me, um and for my kidnapping that wouldn't have been too bad um but uh i think it was jack afterwards after the show was like actually i now remember your story i didn't even pick you like i should have recognized you um so yeah that that was certainly a concern for me um going into the game was like i don't really want that to be known mm-hmm. um and that's why i played such a sort of soft hand of i just work at a university doing pastoral care <laughs> um which was a great cover which uh, which i was actually i did i, I did up until recently work at a, at a university in tasmania um so uh but yeah i guess i, I would have tried to have dealt with that at the time but i guess one of those things too with traders is if, if you tell a lie in the game and you get caught out it's like basically you, your game's shot to pieces yeah yeah and did you want to be a traitor when it when it started and you know how did, how did you feel when you were you were picked you, you feel roger touches you in the shoulder is that what you wanted to happen Absolutely. Like when uh, when they were doing my backstory as well before the show, like they said, would you like to be a trader? It's like, of course. Like who wouldn't want to be a trader? Like there's such an advantage. Um, uh, like there's pros and cons. Obviously, it's it's a stress. It's a more stressful game because you're you know you, you're basically trying to hide amongst all the good people. Um, but yeah, for sure, it was like that's absolutely an advantage because it means every night that I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I know that I'm not going to get knocked off. Um, uh, you just, you know, you've you just got to be very cunning. And I think, um, from my point of view, you know, the four that were picked as the traders, Angus, Claire, Marielle, and myself were, were actually great choices. Um, and we worked really well together until Marianne and I decided decided to basically um, get rid of the, the dead weight. <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, Jack a couple of minutes ago, and I have a question related to Jack. So this is a question from Lindsay. Lindsay's my best friend who co-hosts the podcast with me sometimes. She wanted me to ask everybody I interviewed this. 
did you experience the death stare of Jack? Uh, and and did it work? Did you feel like when Jack looked at you, he could tell whether you were a traitor? When when he raised that one eyebrow and looked at you, <laughs> um, he's he's got a good poker face, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I did witness the death stare in in the uh, banishment room, which was um, look. That room was so intense too, and you obviously don't see all of what happens in the show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you know, when I guess going back to your last question, you know, when Roger tapped me on the shoulder and I knew I was a traitor, it's like, how do I react now when I take off my mask? Like. Um, because I, I, I don't want to be obvious. I want to look cool, calm and collected. I don't want to look too cool. Um, uh, but yeah, having people like, uh, I think Jack, um, Kate had a really good, um, uh, death stare as well. So there was a few people, um, Mark as well, like Mark was terrifying because he just sit there and stare at like, don't look at me. Um, <laughs> But then there were people in the room that I couldn't look at, like Faye. I'd, I'd just look at Faye and I'd start laughing. Um, <laughs> um, so it was it was such an intense sort of thing to be put through for those four weeks. Yeah, but I think you you did come across as very cool, cabin collected, and, and things obviously changed right towards the end. And I'll ask you about that later. But um, you you seem to be very much in control at the beginning of what you were doing. Did you find it quite um, frustrating because your fellow traitors seem to be making some mistakes early on? Um, you know, like you know Angus. Basically, anytime anyone looked at him, looked incredibly nervous. And Marielle made a mistake at one point in one of the cars. She said there were four traitors by accident. And was was it difficult? To you know, have your fellow traitors do things that you thought, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, look, I, th- I think when you're in such a a, a a pressure situation, there's there was all always the chance of slipping up. And I can remember during the show there was nights where I just I couldn't sleep, and I was I was thinking like, did I say that, or was I thinking that to someone? <laughs> like, if I said that, my game is completely screwed. So. You know, for eight hours until three o'clock in the morning, it's just like, oh my god, I'm dead, I'm dead. Like they're gonna, they're gonna know. And then, um, so yeah, look, and and that was the, I think the thing about being a traitor was you are constantly living this lie, and you're trying to, I think for us, you know, trying to give information to the faithful so that they sort of run in a direction they're not looking at us. Um, but doing it in a way so it doesn't look obvious. Um, so, yeah, look, Mariel was very lucky to get away with all oh, these four <laughs> traitors. Um, uh, Angus um, and even Claire, like, you know, because everyone was like, oh, Claire looked like she was just carrying this burden. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, and it's, I guess, when you get put under the spotlight too in that banishment room, it's, it's pretty hard to, um, to turn the direction of that light onto somebody else. Yeah, and it's it seemed like you're early on anyway. Your your game plan or a big part of your game plan seemed to be that you were determined to keep the traitors together as far as possible. Why why was that so crucial for you that you you know the four of you really really stick together? I think just safety in numbers. Like um, you know, the, the more faithfuls we knocked off, and I, like we had a a pretty solid run there of um 10 faithfuls to no to, to no traders yeah. um and it was just making our game so much easier 
um, with the four of us. But I guess Mario and I sort of got to a point where we realised at some point the four of us were going to start cannibalising each other. Yeah. Because um, we didn't really know how the end game was going to finish up either. So it was sort of like, well, you know, who do you really want at the end? Um, so, in, and, and look, hindsight's a beautiful thing. I think after I left the game, it took me about two weeks of it. It was like, oh, I could have like played that better to, to have won. Like, mm. um, and I think getting rid of Angus on that vote where we could have actually, if Marielle and I had voted for Theresa, we would have got another faithful um, and something like that could have just pivoted, you know, pivoted the game completely in our direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was... It was difficult too, as, as the four four traders, like each of us had our opinions too. Like Claire was really pushy at the start and I was like, you got too much power. I don't like the way you're <laughs> you're sort of driving things here. Um, and, and I think that's why Mariella and I sort of had that alignment of actually Claire seems to be trying to direct what she wants the traders to do. And I was like, yeah, I don't really like that. Yeah. Um, we, we need to lose that power. I have a question that's quite specific about one episode. Uh, this is episode six, where you you take part in this the gamble, uh, where you bet some money. Um, there's a sort of strange edit between episodes here. So at the end of episode five, I think it is, you and Marielle are faced with this proposition of picking three players who are going to take part in this gamble. Uh, and then episode six begins, and that choice has sort of very quickly been made. And you, Lewis, and Mark are walking down the stairs. Um, do you, do you have any insight into why why do we not see that discussion of you choosing the three of you? Um, I don't actually know. Look, there was there was some of the edits um, within the show that was interesting, and there was some stuff that we thought was um, you know gold that we did up in the towers um which never got shown um for instance like when we were trying to decide on kate or justine to murder the four of us couldn't make a decision so i'd said i've got the best way to do it and the three of them were like how and i was like we'll just do paper rock scissors (laughs) and marielle and claire were like that's cruel and and gussie was like man that's gold let's do this like everyone's (laughs) gonna think that's hilarious and that's how we made a decision um but that never got shown so it was sort of like that was weird like because i thought that would have made great actually viewing um but like we had a whole discussion obviously about the gamble and we didn't know what it was we um the reason i sort of put my hand up for it was we thought it was going to be a physical challenge uh yeah um and um, we'd sort of been saying because I'd been doing so well in, in the challenges, it was like, well, if it's a physical challenge and it's got something to do with money, then we'll put you forward. And look, there was a whole discussion too, like is it obvious if one of the traders is going to be in there? And I think um, even at, at the start of episode six where I think Lewis was like, well, one of the traders could be, you know, we, one of us could be a trader and it's just like, uh, la 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 la. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, uh, I have a question from Joe, and Joe is another uh, friend of mine who's uh, hosted some episodes of the podcast with me. And Joe wanted me to ask about Alex. He asks, "Did you realise Alex was going to be so cutthroat 
when you recruited her and and did you therefore then regret choosing Alex as a recruit? Uh, look, I, d I don't regret anything in the game. Um, look, to be honest, I don't think Alex was as cutthroat as it was sort of made out to be on television. I think okay. um, at the end of the day, it was Teresa and Kate that basically, Teresa, Kate and Craig that actually worked out um, obviously, Marielle, um, because yes. of the thing that obviously she'd said that Fee had said, and I'm not sure whether that was true or not. Um, I think Fee actually did say that to Marielle. Yeah, I, I spoke to Marielle, and, and Marielle said that was true. She said Fee did say that, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and like that's what I mean, like such a little thing in the game, but because no one could verify, it was just like, well, that would be perfect for a trader to say that. Um, uh so, um, yeah, there were things like that that, that that just changed the dynamic of the game. And um, with Alex, and I think Kate said this the best, like, you know, said to Alex at one point, you just sit here in the banishment room and watch us burn each other and you say very little. And I guess for any sort of person that was going into like a second season, it's like they're the people in the in the banishment room that you've got to be really actually have an eye on it's the quiet ones who are um who say very little um but yeah going back to what i was saying it was it was teresa kate and um craig that basically worked out marielle and then obviously you know i sort of shot myself in the foot because of my pinky promise and <laughs> i guess my morals and um integrity got in the way um which you probably should never take into a, a reality tv show um but I think, uh, you know, certainly after I was taken out and then uh, Kate being brought in as a trader. And, and again, like we saw, I watched the UK series too and it's like um, when someone's recruited, the faithless, I, I believe, should be told that there's another recruit because it's it sort of makes it makes the game tilted too much towards the traders in yeah. a way. Um, but um, look, in hindsight, I think uh, Kate would have actually been a better pick because everyone was suspicious of her, whereas no one was suspicious of Alex. Um, so Kate would have been a good, I guess, um, bit of cannon fodder for us to push in front of the bus. And, mm -hmm. and then everyone was like, I knew she was a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, you sort of alluded to this a little bit earlier. You you said that you actually made some great friends. You got on really well with Craig. I, I just wanted to ask, what how difficult was that to to deal with? You know, you know, it's part of the game, but you're lying to people. You know, how was it? Was it more difficult to betray a fellow traitor? Was it more difficult to lie to the faithfuls? What what was the toughest part, really? Uh, that's actually a good question. Look, it, I think in the back of my head, I always had that very clear concept of we're playing a game. Um, yes, I, I needed to deceive people as a trader. I didn't actually lie per se, I don't think. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, uh, and then, you know, it was funny, like Craig, who I got on famously with, you know, with similar age, um, and I can remember him, you know, in the banishment room, he's like, 100% the only person I can trust that I know is faithful is Nigel. And it's like, 
<laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> and then after the game, he's like, oh, "I'm gonna look like a complete numpty." <laughs> um, but look, I think I think, like I said, it's a game. You've got to remember that um, at the end of the day, everyone's end goal was to win. So, of course, you're going to do things that, um, look, I think I played the game with a lot of integrity and a lot of morals and those sorts of things. And the way I, I, you know, like MK sort of pushed him in front of the bus very gently by sort of saying that he was very nervous for a police officer and a, a criminal lawyer or, yeah. or Matt. Um, it was done in a very... Uh, um, it was just done in a very... Um, slight way of not sort of showing my hand. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I think uh, you know there was there were certain people like Marielle who had, who I'd obviously made um, a pact with as a, as a fellow trader, and the two of us as the last OGs is like I'm not going to vote for you, um, and she's like, well, I won't vote for you either. So, and you've got, you've got to make alliances in games like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but it's 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 it was still an incredibly stressful, anxiety, fun, um, exuberant sort of experience. Yeah, so bad. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, focusing in then on your final episode... Uh, firstly, you were like a ninja at the laser task. Uh, what what was your favourite challenge? Was that was it this one? Was it another one? Uh, well, it was this one because look, the laser tag for, for me was really easy because as a um, uh, as a young uh, well, as a child, I was um, like a, a state gymnast, um, which a lot of people didn't know. So that yeah. was for me. It sort of made. Um, jumping through all of those laser beams quite easy and, and <laughs> after a point it was i think teresa even was like everyone just run into the into the laser and let nigel get through <laughs> um but the, i think for me the um the challenges were so fun like um the swim challenge was awesome even though it was absolutely so freezing in that water <laughs> um the paintball challenge was really fun too like um i think that's where my bond with craig was sort of made because he's like Mate, i can't say it. it's just like just follow my voice and when i tell you to run and jump and dive um uh so yeah and the laser obviously well you know i was pretty chuffed with my with my abilities um on that day and um 
even came back to bite me on the ass, you know, that night in the banishment room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you you said after the after the challenge that you can go from hero to zero very quickly. Um, what what do you think was this the key element that led to your downfall? You mentioned earlier maybe it was the fact that you hadn't voted for Marielle the previous week. Do you think it was that? Was it a bit, was it going for the shield in the lake? What what do you think was the thing that really brought you to your end? I think it was not voting for Marielle. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, 100% the fact that um, uh, I was one of only a very few people that didn't, um, which, again, in, in a game like the traders can, can um, you know, you can, I think all the traders, you know, vote like sheep, as you do, because you want to be voting with the pack and, yeah. and not sort of stand out. So um, uh, I think... I voted for Gus. I don't know whether I voted for Claire or not. Um, I, I, no, and, I don't think you did. I think it was just Angus. Yeah, so I voted for Angus. I didn't vote for Claire and I didn't vote for Marielle. So I think, you know, people start to put voting patterns together and it's just like, well, hang on, he, he's now not voted for, for two traders. Yeah. Um, so whether that starts to, to put your head on a, on a chopping block, which it did for me. Yeah, I think when Claire was banished, you voted for Matt to sort of align with Craig because that's that's what Craig was doing. Uh, yes, because Craig Craig said he couldn't vote for Claire. Um, and it's interesting, you know, you're in the banishment room and, and Craig was sitting beside me and he just looked at me and he's like, Matt, I was like, yeah, I'm going with you. What did yeah. he say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously... Craig had his reasons because um, uh, both Craig and Claire have um, special needs children. Um, and Craig just said, there's no way I can vote for Claire because of that reason. Yeah, yeah. And walking into that final, but well, final for you, that final banishment, did, you know, did you did you have a sense that you were probably going home? You, you started with a sort of opening speech, which gave the impression you knew it was kind of now or never. How... how you know, how confident did you feel about surviving that? I, I didn't feel confident going in. And I think, um, you know, Dirk said it really well in one of the earlier episodes where you feel like the kid in the school ground that no one wants to play with or talk to. <laughs> um, and I think that's why Teresa and I, I think Teresa was sort of feeling the same way, um, potentially that she was on the on the chopping block. And, you know, we were sort of sitting at the fire and everyone else was running around and, oh, sorry, can we just have a private conversation? It's just like, okay, so if you're not if you're not part of the plan, you are the plan. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like, you know, until then, you had never been under suspicion as far as the viewer could see. What what do you think you did so well until then? What was the key to your success? You know, you lasted almost the whole series. I think for me. I, I learned some great skills as a hostage in captivity, obviously, for 460 days. And um, obviously getting people to like me was was imperative mm -hmm. as a hostage, so it made it harder for them to kill me. And um, uh, assimilating really quickly, getting to know people, asking them, you know, about their lives and so that you disarm people very quickly. Um, so everyone's like, oh, he seems really nice. And... Um, I think are less likely to even, you know, suspect that you're you're a traitor. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and there's certain people that I got to know better than I did others. Um, you know, Mark, I didn't really get to know, and, and he was someone that really sort of uh, terrified me because he did have such a good trader. Um, <laughs> But then, you know, I met Kate at the start, so we'd sort of, and because she'd done photography. So I think it's about listening too. That's that's an imperative part about listening and being able to um, show people that you you are interested and, um, uh, yeah, that you're willing to learn about them as well. Yeah. So, Nigel, a few final sort of overall questions then. Um, you, you made it so close to the end uh, was your overall feeling one of frustration or or something more positive? Um, it was actually really positive. I think, um, look, I'm not going to lie, I was gutted not to win. Um, and I think getting so close to the end, you know, it's, uh, getting to the final week um, in the top seven was an achievement. Um uh, you know, it would have been lovely to win a quarter of a million dollars for sure. But um, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, it was like I said earlier, it was such a fun experience to be part of. And uh, my partner, Alana, had said, you know, prior to me um, accepting, I guess, the, the um, position in the game, she said, just, just be very careful you're, you're you're going into a very murky world of um reality tv and you, you know um how you are depicted and how you are edited is basically up to people in you know in the back rooms um and for me you know having watched the entire season um uh you know i was i was very lucky to have been uh you know not the villain like marielle was even though Marielle was was um, a super lovely woman, or someone like Matt, who was who was sort of edited uh, to be maybe a little bit crazy, but maybe Matt is, um, <laughs> or or someone like Paul, who just got no airplay at all, which was so weird because and Paul was such a nice um, nice you know he was he was the senior in in the game, um, but for me like I had such a fabulous time, it was um, such a unique experience and. And one of the things I do sort of say, like life's about experiences and you should experience everything once. And I'm, uh, I certainly don't regret it. Um, uh, and in hindsight, yes, could have played the game differently perhaps, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was a game and um, it was it was fun to take part in and, and great to meet some amazing individuals. Yeah. Do you have any... Uh... Thoughts on the upcoming second season? So you you probably know that they have sort of a celebrity contestants are, are part of the cast, previous reality show people. Um, yes. Yeah, so what what do you think? Um, look, I think from my perspective, that was the the fabulous thing about series one because you were bringing um, this really eclectic group of individuals who. Um, yes, had had achieved amazing things in their lives, and obviously none of us were, were uh, you know, celebrities in, in any realm. Um, but great at, at, at what we do individually. Um, 
I think going into the second series, uh, maybe that might they might be doing that to to get a better ratings. I don't know. Like it was disappointing that the show didn't rate better. I, I thought the the format was amazing. Um, uh, I hope that they change the rules a little bit so that um, you know things like if there is a like someone like Kate being. Um, converted right at the end, then the faithfuls know about that. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things I always said at the end, like even at the end, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter whether you're faithful or traitor. I, I thought a great spin on it would be obviously you've got the top three. Um, uh, one person obviously gets voted out of that three, and then the last two people basically have to either share or steal. So, and it shows whether people are greedy or not. Um, so if both people decide to steal, then the money goes to the third place person because that's what uh, you get uh, to being greedy. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, just thought that, I just thought that would be a great, a, a much nicer way to do it instead of, because the game is sort of slanted towards the traders, you've got an advantage. So if you can make it to the final three as a trader, then it doesn't matter whether you're, tra- whether you're a trader or a faithful. It comes down to... If you're the last two out of the three standing and you both decide to split the money, then great. If you one decides to steal, the other just decides to split, and the person that was obviously greedy gets to take the money. But if, if both decide to steal and, you know, the, the third horse actually becomes the winner. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Uh, and, I, I, yeah, there are some rules I would like to see changed a little bit. Um and the you know there's going to be a second series of the UK version as well, and they're also doing this sort of half celebrity cast in the UK. Um, I'm not I'm not really a fan. Uh, I I don't I don't really want it to be that way, but we'll wait and see. Um, I watched the UK the UK version. I thought it was actually really um, it was really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know the production was great. Um, the the cast were all fabulous as well and uh i think if they could mix those two together of the australian and the uk of how it was done you'd actually get a a a really good show yeah absolutely now uh one sort of final question from now you you actually mentioned something earlier that i wanted to ask a bit more about you mentioned that your experiences in the past as a hostage informed your gameplay as a traitor because you talked about how you you had to think about likability i wonder if sort of the reverse is true did you did your time in the show give you any insights into human behavior or psychology that that you hadn't considered before or that were particularly interesting um i i guess because i've been as a hostage, you are thrown into such a pressure cooker of a situation. Um, and, you know, over 460 days, you do become hypervigilant, hyper alert. You obviously start to understand people. And um, I guess you start to question your humanity as well. It's like, how can how can someone be doing this mm-hmm. to me yeah. just purely for money? And, yes, I understand that Somalia was an incredibly poor country, one of the poorest on the planet. Um, so, yes, I understand why they did what they did. But I think going into the show, like for me, it, my like I said, my end goal was trying to win the $250,000. I wasn't doing it there to become uh, Insta-famous or anything like that because I'm – 
are like a bit of a technological dinosaur. <laughs> um, uh, whereas I think some people on the show might have been doing it for other reasons, like, you know, yes, it's good to have followers and that sort of stuff. Um, but it was, I guess it was interesting watching, uh, I guess just watching human nature. Like, and I look at someone like Matt who, you know, Everyone knew he was a faithful pretty much, but it was just like, can we just get him off the game? He's doing our heads in because, <laughs> um, you know, he just was sort of throwing barbs at people. Um, so there was there was interesting things to sort of, I think, just watching how people react and when they're under pressure and those sorts of things. And, and a lot of what you don't see in the show, like obviously the edited version was some of those banishments were so intense and there was tears and, um, you know, uh, arguments and uh, some, some pretty hostile sort of stuff that was thrown around. And I can remember, I think it was after, um, maybe it was after MK's banishment, um, the next banishment, which you don't see on the show, but I said, I actually spoke first in the in the next banishment and I just said, oh, can can we actually just lay some ground rules? Um, like I came here to have a game and to have fun. I didn't come here to basically uh, rip people's um, uh, careers apart yeah. or their personalities and those sorts of things because if, if that's what you guys want to do, then you, you can vote me out tonight Like because that's uh, – I've come here to, to have an enjoyable experience and we have to remember that the Australian public is going to be watching and, you know, particularly someone like um, Chloe, who's a clairvoyant and people like, oh, what a, you know, what poor <laughs> shit. And it's like, well, actually some people do energetically have abilities like, um, and yes, I understand some people don't believe in that. Um but for me, like, you know, when Chloe said I'm a clairvoyant, it's just like, oh, geez, that makes my skin crawl. Like you're going to be able to read energy, feel energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even Chloe in the car, when I was like, who do you suspect? She's like, well, I suspect you. It's yeah. like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it was, it, it's, it is an, a very interesting social experiment to throw 24 people into, um, you know, a situation, even the cocktail party of uh, where everyone was like, oh, we thought MK was the butler. <laughs> 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 um just things like that um and i think even for us you know poor millie who we voted out on the first night because she was a bit quiet wasn't really talking to anyone it's just like well she doesn't seem that interested in, and you know unfortunately millie was feeling really sick no. so it's it's just those little things that can affect your game and, yeah. and you know it can basically turn your game upside down in a split second yeah now, before we conclude our game of betrayal that we've been playing, um, Nigel, where can we find out more about you beyond the world of the traitors? What should we be checking out? Um, look, you, you can obviously Google me um, and you'll get millions of hits, obviously, in regards to my, my kidnapping story. Um, I do have a book uh, which I published uh, about a decade ago which is called The Price of Life. So that's um, available overseas. Obviously, you'll be able to download that on an e-reader. Yep. Um, 
I'm also aligned with quite a few speaking bureaus within Australia. So I, I speak public about, publicly at conferences um, in Australia and internationally, um, I guess, about my trauma and, and I guess, uh, using my experience to help others. Um, and then, look, I've, I'm, as I said before, I'm a bit of a technological dinosaur, but I do have... Um, Instagram and my handle is um, Nigel Brennan. Um, I've got to be honest, since leaving the traders, I've, I've sort of taken a bit of a holiday from social media because mm -hmm. it, was, it was a fairly intense, um, I guess, uh, month um, when the show went to air. So yeah. uh, I've actually enjoyed just some time with my family and my, yeah. my, my two little boys. Excellent. Uh, I'll put... I'll put links to the your Instagram and to your book uh, in the show notes for the episode. Now, we've been uh, playing a, a, a secret game. We've been playing the trader traitor throughout our interview. Ooh. Ah. Uh, Nigel, I have to confess, I did lie to you at some point. Um, have you lied to me at some point in the past hour or so? I have lied to you. Okay. Uh... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna begin. I'm gonna guess what you lied about. I've written a few possibilities down as you were speaking, and there's, I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards one of them. I think your lie was that you were a state gymnast when you were young. Is that your lie? That is my life. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> well done. I'm back on form. I've been I've actually been doing so badly at this. Uh, so far, I have not been guessing people's lies very well at all. So quite impressed with myself. Oh, um, any He's idea? Not a what... gymnast, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um. I could have I could have believed it because you were so good at that laser task. Yeah. Um, any idea what I might have lied to you about? Mate, the only thing I can think that you have lied about is that you do this podcast with with a friend. Uh, no, that is true. I did not That's like true. anyone who's been on the podcast. No, yeah, uh, my friend Lindsay does some episodes with me, as does Joe. Uh, no, that, I'm afraid that was true. No, uh, and, and that, that's the only thing. So you, you, you'd be great on this show. <laughs> my, my lie, I mean, I told you a very small lie, to be fair, and I, and I told you right towards the end because I hadn't thought of anything else. Uh, I lied. I, I was asking you about the next season of The, the Traitors, and I was asking about how you feel about there being celebrities on it. And then I said that they were doing the same thing in the UK, and actually, that's not true at all. And they're not. They're not oh, doing that. There you go. So I, I, I snuck that in at the last moment to see if I could get it by you. Uh, yeah, it worked. Straight through to the keeper, mate. Straight past me. <laughs> Nigel, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. It's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. Uh, and I know that people listening will just love to hear your perspective of how it all works and how it feels. Um, I hope you've you've had an okay time talking to me about it. Oh, mate, I've, I've, Matt, I've had an absolute fabulous time. So thank you again for uh, for inviting me, and it's been a pleasure to um to talk with you and meet you. Thank you, thank you, you too. I will talk to you soon. Take care in Tasmania. Bye bye. All right, cheers, mate. 
Hello, Trader listeners. It was such a pleasure to talk to Nigel, and he was really open to answering everything I had to ask, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. At this point, there will be a slight pause for the podcast because I am going on holiday for a couple of weeks. However, I have issued eight episodes in the past week, so... I reckon you'll have plenty to listen to for the time being. The final two episode deep dives, as well as interviews with all remaining players, will be on their way towards the end of July. If you want to send me any questions or comments, nice ones only, or a big pile of silver bars, you can get in touch on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast or Twitter at the Tradar Pod, or you can email me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. You could also do me a huge favour by subscribing or following or leaving a lovely review on whatever platform you're using to listen, particularly Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, which will be a wee bit longer than usual, stay faithful. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.